You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Yeah, Mary, I had a student in class and uh, one of your kids have iPads in class now. It's part of education. And one of the problems of that is for some students, if you're not right behind them looking at them, they go to a video game instead of whatever they were supposed to supposed to be doing. Highly effective teachers like me are pretty good at preventing that or catching it, but it it happens nevertheless. And I, a couple of weeks ago, I had a young man and uh, I came up to him. I said, you're on a video game. And he honestly, to goodness, said, okay, what are you going to do about it? And I said, well, <laughs> I'm going to start the list with, I'm going to give you a detention. I think I'll follow that by, I'm going to write an email to your parents. But he's got this kind of attitude that goes on in the world of, okay, you know, I did something. I chose to do something wrong. And there's really nothing you can do about it. Now, why do I bring that up? Because that's the attitude of the former president of the United States. I tore up documents. I knowingly, because I was informed about it, violated the Federal uh, Records Act. I think that's the right word, but uh, documents that needed to be saved. I even, some of them, I wadded up and throw threw down the golden toilet, I guess. And my attitude essentially is, what are you going to do? Give me a detention? Is that a fair analysis of this? I think what's been so interesting, you know, this last six years and clearly um, has all become in really stark relief this last week is that it's more than just ignoring norms. You know, we say, oh, Trump has thrown all the norms out. It is truly that which you just said, which is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do to me? And so when you hear, or anybody who hasn't listened to this and hasn't heard this, you know, Trump is, um, appears that has violated this law that basically says presidents have to keep their papers. One, everything they do, they're working for us. So they don't own whatever they're creating. We own it. And in the corporate world, that works for hire. And <clears throat> second of all, you can see the logic of that law because of the historical use. So even things that seem meaningless, small memos, whatever thing, someday, somehow, some historian is going to be looking through some documents and say, wow, this is really significant to whatever he or she is researching. But Trump was told, you can't do that. You can't rip your papers up. You can't throw them away. You can't throw them in the toilet. At least that's what's being reported now that, you know, that the poor guys that had to clean the residents of the White House, White House would find documents um, wadded up and blocking the toilets. <clears throat> but Trump was told, and actually they know, um, and I don't know whether, um, I think this was from the political reporting early in the, um, in the Trump administration that both Reince Priebus and Kelly, his two first chiefs of staff, had told him, you can't do that. 
But we don't even need these guys. Trump ran on criticizing Hillary Clinton for deleting emails and not keeping records. So I'm always amazed, John, about how we give Trump the benefit of the doubt. Like, well, do you know, he's not a government guy. Did he really know he wasn't allowed to do that? That's just part of his whole mob way of living, mob way of existing, which is you don't keep records, right? He doesn't use email. Why doesn't he use email? He doesn't want a record of anything that's said. What he writes, he doesn't, um, he likes his memos and stuff handwritten, right? It's something he probably learned back in his mob training from his dad. Well, I think it absolutely was. And I, w- I want to speak to this point about whether or not he knew. And I will tell anybody who comes to my house <laughs> here outside of Chicago, I understand I have not posted this and the federal records law does not necessarily apply to my house, but do not wad up paper and put it in my toilet. <laughs> exactly. Oh. You know, I, I didn't know I had to say that out loud. But, but there, you know, you do see sometimes like in a restaurant, do not put anything but toilet paper in this toilet. Exactly. Women see that all the time. Yeah. And, and I think that's important to know. And frankly, I mean, I would extend that. Come on, man. These are federal records of a president, but it's like so many things. uh, I'm sure he responded to Priebus and John Kelly this way, I'm the president, I do whatever I want to. I'm Donald Trump, I've spent my entire life doing whatever I want to. And I don't know, maybe you can put a word to that. I suspect that word is sociopath. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how uh, many people as they, you know, commentators, historians have been talking about this in the last week saying exactly like this is totally sociopathic behavior because this is somebody he's an adult he's won the president of the united states he has so little respect for the job that he's doing for the people around him he's like "Eh, so so what and i heard (laughs) i don't know if this is like sad or funny described as like one of those um do you remember like in the 70s they'd feel oh we found this child and he was raised by wolves and he doesn't know any better than how to behave like a wolf it's kind of like a myth or something an urban myth no i think that was one of our siblings (laughs) that could have been me and uh and they're saying you know like Maybe Trump is that, like he doesn't know any better. And he's raised his children too. But it's not that. It is a kind of sociopathy that you literally do not care how what how your behavior affects other people. You are not a social animal. And what what amazes me, I've been thinking about, John, is why it took Trump so long to run for president. You know, it's not like he was a different guy in his 50s than he was in his 70s. Have you ever thought about that? You know what I mean? Like, he always kind of flirted with it. 
what about the moment was right that someone like Trump could become president? Because there are a lot of people like him in the world. You know, corporate America is full of them. <laughs> narcissistic sociopaths. But something about that moment was so right for a guy like Trump that people continue to excuse his behavior, including taking all those boxes that included top secret documents and just putting them in the hallway in Mar-a-Lago. I mean, how many lives you put at risk, how, how many plans, whatever else is in those documents, and they're just sitting there waiting for you to pull them out for a dinner party. You know, to your question on why did he finally run, I'm not sure of this, but let me try one insight. I read a book recently called The Gatekeepers, and it was a really excellent history of the chiefs of staff to the president. And it, although it mentions a little bit before Nixon, it really begins with Haldeman. And it claims that Haldeman creates the modern position of the chief of staff. The book was written oh, about two years into the Trump presidency. So it stops there, but it does cover uh, Priebus and John Kelly. And the author sat down with Priebus at length. Priebus is still, at least at the point of, of this writing, pretty complimentary to, to Trump, despite how badly Trump uh, treated him. Okay, long intro. One thing Priebus said really struck me. He said, you know, everybody think uh, thinks Trump just shoots from the hip and, you know, blows things off because they watch his Twitter behavior and those kinds of things. He said, in fact, when it came to like military decisions, Trump was extremely cautious, very measured, kept going back to decisions over and over again. And, you know, we kind of saw that from the outside, that Donald Trump was not a guy who liked to get involved with uh, any actual military action, usually backed up. Okay, why I'm on, on this whole, whole side rant, I wonder if that was true about a big decision like running for president, that he would bluster about it, but could never really make a decision. And it took Roger Stone and some people like that to get behind him and say, come on, Donald, go down the escalator. You can do it. I, I guess I wonder if your question initially showed one more weakness of his personality. Yeah, it's interesting because <clears throat> in the Times this um, Sunday, and there was an article about Fox News, Roger Ailes and speci specifically, and Roger Ailes saw in Trump um, himself, meaning that Roger Ailes hated nothing more than elites, and he really saw himself as kind of a man of the people the way that Trump does. And he asked Trump one time, I might have talked about this earlier in the week, he asked Trump one time, why do you think like regular people love you? You're a rich guy from New York. And he said, it's because of who hates me. Meaning all the rich educated elites hated Trump, right? They thought he was a buffoon. <clears throat> and Ailes saw magic in that. So it, it could have just been a moment, you know, an anti-Obama moment because Obama exposed a lot of racism in the country that, that Trump was willing to exploit. And 
So we tell these stories to go back to the thing we were talking about, but the paper getting ripped up, going in the toilet. And if you're just a regular guy, right, uh, you know, who's not very sophisticated, that probably makes sense to you. You know, like to us as people who love history, you know, who are, you know, I don't think of myself as like a pointy headed intellectual, but, you know, <clears throat> by luck, I guess I am an elite. I think. Well, how can you throw all those documents away? They don't belong to you. It's they're not being created to hurt you. They're created to serve history. But if you're Joe Blow Trump supporter, you're like, yeah, throw them in the toilet. <laughs> Who cares about the history? <laughs> well, it is, and I, I'm having a little trouble making up my mind. I'll have to think more of it. Yeah, you know, the one theory which is. Uh, is a good one is he just in his heart didn't know any better uh that kind of makes sense uh the other one is he's a sociopath and he, he knew better just didn't care and things don't apply to him but the other one that's enduring is uh he's got an essential tony soprano quality to him he has always been a mob boss in some way and a mob boss makes certain there's as little on paper as you possibly uh, possibly right. can get, and that's 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 Cohen's theory of the case, right? You always knew what to do. He never had to tell you. He never had to write it down. Well, and, just as, as we're getting ready to yeah. leave, John, the most hilarious part to me is the stuff that he took to Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, I mean, he, okay, I get the letters from King Kim Jong Un, who was his boyfriend, who he's still in contact with, by the way. Is he? Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, this is just stunning to me. The letter Obama wrote to him, I do understand. Now, that he cannot keep because, you know, the history needs that. But um, but the the map that he changed the hurricane on. I know. One of, one of the most comical low moments of his presidency, and he keeps that. <laughs> what, and what all I'm, the other, pun intended, shit. <laughs> Shit. Well, and what I'm wondering at several points in the presidency, because I'm, I've always been kind of a letter writer, I wrote letters, dear Mr. President, you're a big fat idiot, signed John Paulette. I wonder oh, if he kept those. They should be kept for the sake of history, John. I think so. And because I think those are, in fact, are legitimate political discourse. <laughs> Have a good All weekend. Right. Bye. <laughs> Have a good Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.